Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, reading again. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That means really big. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This person said, Oh, great! I forgot to go to the gym today. That makes seven years in a row. (laughs) When we say, Oh, great! A lot of times there is a sarcasm in that. Oh, great. You get into a situation. Maybe your car doesn't start. Or maybe your your clothes washer is having problems, right? (laughs) And so the sarcasm is the use of the words. They really mean the opposite of what you're saying, right? You don't mean, oh, great. You mean, oh, my, or something else of that nature. Something unfortunate happens in our life. You have a setback. Well, this morning, I would like to preach on the thought of a message. And I originally had titled it, Our Great God Does Great Things and Brings Great Results. But that's a lot to remember. And I want to look at it and title the message, Oh, Great. But I want to take the sarcasm and can it. Because, you know, a lot of times we can get involved with sarcasm when we look at the situation that we're facing and not at the God that we serve. And I remember the last time we had revival, as soon as revival was over, uh, I had a bubble in my tire and, uh, or a dimple or something like that. And say, well, they were under warranty. They were under warranty. But I had a problem. I have an all-wheel drive. So you don't replace one tire. Because the transmission goes to all four tires. And if one of the tires has more tread or less tread on it, it can mess your transition up. And that's not just a selling point. Because your tire becomes a different size as the tread wears. So I was like, oh great! I get to buy, get one tire and buy three. That's like the opposite of a good deal, right? And that happened right after the revival. And I'm like, man, it seems like stuff happens like this in our life. But brethren, we don't need to say, oh, great, the circumstance. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Peter said, there are exceeding great and precious promises. uh, Brother Patrick led this song, and, and I'm always looking for things to match up what I preach in the song. And I didn't know... Uh, what was going to be saying today, but uh, the Bible or the, the song at Calvary says, mercy there was in the chorus. Great. And grace was free. There's a good deal. Now, you know, if someone has a good deal, uh, we like to get more of it. You ever been to the fast food restaurant named McDonald's? And you're trying to like be good. Yes, could I have a, just a cheeseburger and a fries and a Coke? You know what they ask you? Would you like to go large? 
What do they do? See, you want to go big? And they say, well, I'm going to go to Wendy's. Would you like to biggie size that? And maybe you go to Burger King. They'll say, would you like to king size? What? Because they know that we are wired. And, you know, many times to the regret of our gut later, we go big. We go large. And we go king size. Why? Because we're wired for big things. So... In 1976, if you remember back in those years, back in the day for some of us, there was a merchandise manager named Dennis Potts. And he wanted to help lagging sales at stores. Lagging sales. So he went to the Coca-Cola company, suggested to Potts that they use a then unheard of 32-ounce cup for their drinks. Now, this was at a time when the Coca-Cola bottle had 16 ounces. I know that doesn't seem like much, right? Only 16 ounces, they use a 32-ounce cup. McDonald's used a 20-ounce cup. So he agreed to send a case of 500 cups to a 7-Eleven location. Within a week... They were sold out. They called it the Big Gulp. And I don't know if you've had a few big gulps in your life in 7-Eleven, but it was unheard of. But they realized people wanted a lot of a good thing. And it didn't stop there because if you have had a bigger one than that, there was one called the Super Big Gulp. That's probably what I got. 44 ounce. Brethren, this is like a joke, but it didn't stop there, right? After the Super Big Gulp, They had one called uh, the Double Gulp, 64 ounces. Man, that would put you into a diabetic coma, right? (laughs) But you know what? People like a big thing. They like great things. So they made one called the Team Gulp, 128 fluid ounces of goodness, right? If you're really hot and you're working construction, it says the team gulp remains the largest fountain offering in the world. That's great, right? Say, well, preacher, but that's a great big case of diabetes. I'm not saying you have to drink it. I'm just saying that we like big deals. We like a great deal. And that Peter said there are exceeding great and precious promises given by God. Now, great means large, huge, characterized by relative largeness or elaborate. You know, for God to make a great offer, it would lend us to look at if you make a great offer. Now, no offense, but if a guy who's got a cardboard sign... If he offered unto me a great, like a, hey, I got a great real estate deal for you, I probably wouldn't take him at his word, okay? Now, he could be, you know, it could be something on camera and it could be a trick and everything, but for someone to make a great offering, their nature has to be great. Now, if Warren Buffett or Bill Gates called me up and said, hey, you want a, you want a brand new church? I'll get it for you with pocket change. That would be someone I would take at their word. But you see, for us to take God at his word, we have to look, first of all, at how great God is. The psalmist, in many of the psalms, you'll notice this word great is ascribed to the nature and the qualities and the character of God. 
Psalms 31 and verse 19, it says, Oh, how great is thy goodness. You know, God is a good God. In fact, when I came to the South, someone said to me, God is good. And I looked at him and I said, yes, you know, he is. And they said, no, 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 no. You're supposed to say all the time. You know that I learned that truly God is good all the time. His nature is to be good. And the Bible said, the psalmist said, I can't even stop there. How great is the goodness of God. The psalmist in Lamentations said, great is thy faithfulness. The righteousness in Psalm 36, it says, thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. They were, they were expressing terms that they could compare. The character of God is huge. The Bible says in Psalms 96, for the Lord is great. And then the Bible continues, and greatly to be praised. You know, if he's a great king, we ought to honor him with great praise. You know, when you lift up your hands and praise God, you know, it's a wonderful thing. My daughter gets frustrated sometimes, and I was like, man, if I could convince her to lift up her hands and praise God when she gets frustrated and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And I'm like, maybe I need to do that too. You know, sometimes it's easy to say, well, my child is like, wait, what about me? When things go crazy in my life, do I all of a sudden just lift up my hands and say, great is thy faithfulness? Or do I say, oh, great, this problem happened or this thing happened. Instead of that, why don't I look unto Jesus and say, wait a second, there's exceeding great and precious promises. We serve a great God. My wife was telling someone, and she even told me, she said, it's like one day you don't have a church building, and then one day you do. And he said, it's oh great, right, because we serve a great God. I asked Brother Velez, uh, he's visiting his mom in Puerto Rico. Hi, Mom and Brother Velez, if you ever listen to this. But um, He's lived here for many years, and I asked him, have you ever seen the church building? He said, no. And I go to this O'Reilly's. I've been to this O'Reilly's all the time, which is the adjacent business. And my wife and I, we've driven up and down and all over this place. Never seen this building before. Brethren, it's an acre. You can't miss it. And a building that stands alone with a sign. But you know what? God just all of a sudden at the right time just said, here you go. Because God can do that. Great is thy faithfulness. They're exceeding great. When uh, Abram was approached by God... He said, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. And then he said, he said, I am thy exceeding great reward. You know, that really comes down to it that God is our portion. God is the one that gives us the ability. Brethren, God is the one that makes uh, us able to function and gives us the power to walk upon our own two feet. There was a time when I, I hurt my knee and, uh, shared this before but brethren I couldn't do anything I was on crutches and I love Jesus and I would preach with my crutches and I put the crutches there and hold myself and it's all so you mocking people on crutches no it was me and I and it's just something happened I don't know what happened and I went and got what is it an MRI they stick you in the tube like you're the hot dog with the bun around you and you have to listen to Stevie Wonder for an hour you know they put the soft rock on there I'm like great sentimental love songs for one hour and I grew up with all those songs so I already knew all the lyrics right and they were like oh great all and they're good I mean Stevie Wonder's talented is all get out 
But I was like, man, this is not edifying. But anyways, but they didn't find anything. They, ex- they, they MRI'd my knee. And, uh, and, and one day I remember I just said, I am done. I'm done with these crutches. I'd go soul winning and I'd crutch myself to the door and then I'd lean on the leg that worked and I'd put my crutches around the corner because no one wants to invite me to church by a guy that can't walk, right? Right. <laughs> and I couldn't walk. No, I'm not finding fault. I couldn't walk, but I'm still going to tell someone about my great Jesus. You know, I can stay home and say, wait, my life isn't perfect. I'm going to wait for my life to get perfect. Why don't we just wait for God to do something and look at God and say, God, I'm not waiting anymore, but I serve a great God. So I would put my crutches around the corner. I'd put, and then I'd knock on the door, and I'd lean like this. I, I couldn't move, right? But I could just stand there. Hi, how you doing? Why'd you come to church? And they close the door, and I'd reach around to get my crutches, and be crutching up and down the stairs. But one day I decided, you know what? I am done. I'm done. I want my leg to work. And I started at work. I was working. I started mowing the lawn. How'd you mow the lawn? I think I had one crutch, and I had a push lawnmower. So I'd push it, and then I'd crutch a little. And then I'd push the mower. It wasn't self-driven. You had to push, crutch, push, crutch. And my boss saw me at the time. He said, stop that. OSHA's going to come and like, shut our business down. <laughs> what were you doing? Say, I'm done. I believe God is a healer. And she said, did you feel it? No. But I began to claim it in faith. There is exceeding great and precious promises. And I can lift up my hands. Brother, you can lift up your hands. And right in the middle of the circumstance. And say, oh, great. We serve a great God. We serve a wonderful Savior. The Bible says, Mary was told. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. In Luke chapter 1. And bring forth a son. And shalt call his name Jesus. Now she was a, a woman with, without money financial needs. Our financial uh, uh, resources. We know that because she brought the uh, poor person's offering that we read about in the Old Testament. You could bring different ones. She brought the turtle doves, the poorer person's offering. But we find out that even though the circumstances were there, it said he shall be Great. You know that we need to look at the greatness of Jesus Christ and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And you say, Well, preacher, I need God to meet my needs. God need his God will meet your needs. You know when the wise men came, what was the first thing they brought? Gold. And that they needed it because they needed to flee into Egypt at the time, Joseph and Mary. But God meets our needs. He's a great God. You don't think they just laid that up on Jesus's, you know, you know, uh, rooms like, oh, let's put the gold up from the wise men. No, God gives us things to be used. God will give you something that you can use. The Bible says in the gospel, there are good tidings of great joy. But we have a great God who does great things. So you know that uh, in the revival, it was a blessing. We saw uh, uh, a saving and, and people praying. But brethren, let's not get our eyes off God when the revival stops. Let's keep the revival going in our hearts. And a lot of times those circumstances, they want to derail us. Say, man, look at how big these circumstances are. Forget those circumstances. I've had those lights on in my car, like, you know, beeping. And, and even brother, brother David's like, he's riding with me. He goes, oh, pa- pastor, is your... Um, Real nice, right? He goes, is, is your emergency brake on? 
No, brother, that's just, it, it flashes on and off. My brakes work. You know, because I, he was trying to be a blessing to me. He didn't want me to fry my brake system, right? But my brakes work. I just get those beeping things so I can look at that and say, wait a second, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on God. There's exceeding great and precious promises. So many times the world will try to get us to focus on a problem at work or focus on a neighbor that's giving us a problem or focus on a spouse that just needs to change. Someone was talking to me about a spouse that just needed to change. And uh, I know both people. And um, so... I was teaching my, I was going to teach my daughter about adding fractions, okay? So I drew on a piece of paper one half plus one third. Have you ever done fractions? You probably all have. You can't add a half plus a third, right? Because the bottom numbers are different. So you need to find the LCD, the lowest common denominator. Uh, the Bible says in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, can two walk together except they be of the same lowest common denominator? No, it didn't say that. Except they be agreed. They've got to have a sameness. They've got to have a unity. So you take that half, and what do you do? Uh, the half and the two and three, the lowest common number where both of them is uh, in, to, in is six. And so you take the two, divide, uh, multiply by three. So you have three-sixths. And then you take that one-third, and you multiply each of those numbers by two. And so you have two-sixths. And then you can do... 3 sixths, which is formally a half, plus 2 sixths, and you get 5 sixths. And so the person was watching my math lesson. It wasn't about math. I said, preacher, that's as much as you know. Pretty much. That's all my math. So go, go ask my wife. For it. I was telling this person, in order to do the, the addition of the fractions, both of the fractions needed to change. You know, a lot of times they, well, they need a change and they, they might need to change. But brethren, sometimes we both need to change. You know, like my wife this and my wife that and God's like, if they would just open their eyes and see both of us need to change. And I'm thankful that my wife, sometimes she'll say something like, hey, sir, this is the way that it is. I'm like, no, it's not. And God's like, yes, it is. You know, that God will show you that God can make a difference in our life if we'll accept that God can do great things. And I'm thankful that God will show us ourselves. That's one of the most wonderful, you know, people want to see a miracle. You know what? God, show me myself. Show me myself. If you pray that prayer, whoo, that's a dangerous prayer. Go ahead and pray it if you dare. You know, we used to play truth or dare. Well, now, don't let your kids play that, okay? But we used to play truth or dare. I dare you. Well, I dare you. They used to double dog dare. I don't know what in the world that means, to double dog dare someone. But we used to do it. I double dog dare you. And I, I, I double dog dare you. To pray that prayer. God, show me myself. You know, it's a wonderful thing. Because then you'll like read your Bible and you'll pray. But there's an unguarded moment that'll happen. Yes. Two weeks. Three weeks. With Nebuchadnezzar, it was 12 months after Daniel said, hey, you need to, you need to repent, you need to, be, you need to abase yourself. 12 months later down the road, he was all full of pride and different things, and God actually abased him and made him act like, a, like he was a, you know, a werewolf or something. God just totally abased him. But there'll become a time where God will show us ourselves and we'll do something, say something, and God will say, there you go. I mean, just in our heart, right? 
And I, I've done that before. And I'm like, man, I never liked those answers. But you know that God will show us, though, that he can do great things because God wants to change that. If God can show us ourselves, God can change it because he does great things. The first thing God does, read the first verse. He created the heavens and the earth. Man, God's an amazing God. And then read uh, the very first book of Genesis. It talks about great things. Two great lights. The light that comes from the sun. The light that comes from the moon. Then it said he made in Genesis chapter 1 verse 21. Great whales. Now I've been to SeaWorld. They have whales there. They don't have great whales. You know what the biggest animal in the world is? It's the blue whale. Now they have killer whales and they're huge at SeaWorld. They don't have the blue whale. They haven't built a pool. I, you know, I've been, have you been to the zoo before? You won't see a great whale. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where they're going to get a, a, a fish tank. Now, maybe if you got some real money, if you got a blue whale for your fish, I want to come to your house. Because they're so big, their tongue weighs as much as an elephant. Their heart weighs as much as a car. They, they weigh 400,000 pounds, 98 feet long. He said, well, preacher, that's incredible. I know that's what a great God does. The great God does great things. And I see our God, he can make the blue whale. But brethren, God can do great works in our life. The works of the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 111, are great. You know that Job realized this? Job was going through all kinds of stuff. And brethren, we go through stuff. But you know what Job said in Job chapter 9 and verse 10? Which doeth great things past finding out. Yea, and wonders without number. He was going through something, but his eyes weren't on his situation. His eyes were on his great God. You know that even though he was being talked about, and even though he was suffering, and the devil was afflicting him, he still said, man, God, you're still great. You know, and we can keep our eyes on God. We can realize God offers great things. The apostle Peter said, the apostle Peter said, hey, they're exceeding great and precious promises. What's a promise? A promise is something that God says he'll give us. A promise. They're given unto us. You know that God's promises are not something you have to buy. And you know that there might be some people say, if I give a big offering, then God will bless me. I, I don't know if you noticed that. We don't stress offerings in this church. We don't. We don't stress, you know, money in this church. What God wants is your heart. Because the Bible said in Samuel that God, he doesn't look on the outward. He doesn't look on our money and our cars. He looks at our hearts. And when God wants an offering, he wants the offering of who we are. And if we offer God our hearts, then God can do something great. God can't do it with our money. God can't do it with our things. But when we say, God, hear us. I am. God, here I come. That God can do something amazing in our life. See, the great God that we serve does great things, but he brings great results. Great results. Just thinking about the man, the demoniac of Gadara. He was possessed by so many demons that they had, they had the, the plural pronoun, right? He, uh, the demon identified as we, because it said we are many. Legion, as many as 6,000 demons were inhabiting this man. Talk about a mind that was driven to distraction. And the Bible said that it caused him that he didn't wear any clothes. This man was a naked man running around. And he was, he was crying in the tombs where the dead people were buried. And he was cutting himself with stones. 
And the Bible said they, they attempted to shackle him with restraints. And the Bible said that he broke those chains. Maybe it was the authorities. Maybe it was friends. You know, if people are on PCP, it's an it's a engineered substance called phenocycladine. Have you ever seen someone on PCP? Whew. These people, they can have a react. One of the side effects to PCP, it's an illegal narcotic, is people can break out of handcuffs. So no preacher, but they break their wrist. Yeah, they will. They might break their wrist. They might uh, damage themselves. But this superhuman strength, and they can just snap cuffs off. That's what this man had. But you know that when Jesus came into his life, Jesus was there. And the Bible said that Jesus cast out the legion. All of those 6,000 demons, they went into a herd of 2,000 swine. And they began to violently uh, go down over a cliff and choke themselves in the sea. But you see what happened to this man. The Bible said that this man, which out of whom the devils were departed, look at that, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know the great results of God are great peace. The Bible said, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. You know that the Bible said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Not in, who, in whose life everything goes right, but whose mind is stayed on the... He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know that sometimes when life goes crazy, I just got to go pray. Sometimes when life goes crazy, I just got to say, God, I'm giving this problem to you. Have you ever tried to think a problem to death and it just gets bigger? Because we're magnifying the problem. Why don't we magnify the Lord and say, wait a second, let's magnify the Lord. God, you're bigger than the problem. Maybe God's going to fix it a different way than we think. But the Bible said that he was just sitting. He had peace at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says he was clothed. You know, God won't just allow us or give us some self-esteem. But God will clothe us with righteousness. God will clothe us with grace. Great grace. God will clothe us, clothe us with the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the, the uh, uh, feet shed, shod with the preparation of gospel, of the gospel of peace. The, uh, the Bible said the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, the Bible said, which is the word of God. God will clothe us. And the Bible said this man was clothed. You know what? The, the armor of God, the Bible said you have to take it. God won't put it on. Jesus didn't go and dress this man up. This man went and found some clothes. I hope he didn't steal them. <laughs> but this man went and found some clothes and put them on. Maybe he had them in the cave with him. Maybe he just didn't feel like wearing them. So preacher, Jesus, Jesus, well, you know what? I don't believe Jesus was in the fishing boat in a Speedo. I, don't, I just don't think Jesus was that way. I believe that modesty is not just for women. Modesty is for men as well. Amen. I believe that. Because I used to be in a Speedo. Said, preacher, when? Last week? No, growing up, I was in swimming, and we would wear Speedos. And what's that? Girls' underwear. That's what it looks like. It looks like girls' underwear. Say, but preacher, thank God, no social media back then. Hopefully, you'll never be able to find a picture of that. But you know that when God saved me, thank God for modesty. There was nothing there to see, okay? I was still just as skinny as I am now. But the Bible said that he, he began to, to put some clothes on. Nobody told him. You know, when God changes our life, no one has to tell us different things. We'll just be doing them because, wait a second, God shows you you're worth something. Your life is worth something. That fruit that you have, that's fruit for your husband or your wife. You don't need to show the fruit 
to everybody else in the world. So a preacher, but we live in Florida, I know, but we're citizens of heaven. God will change our minds and change our lives and give us a new life. And the last thing, and he was in his right mind. And I noticed this. It said, and they were afraid. You know that when someone sees a Christian, it, it, it stands to reason that someone will see your life and they might even kind of like take a step back. Why? Because it's so different than the other people in the world. Our lives should be so different that people kind of like, are you for real? And that's, I, I wonder if they were like that. I'm like, man, I saw what he was. And I saw what he is. Maybe they weren't ready to make that change yet. Maybe it's like, I don't know. I just want to go to church a little bit. I want to get blessed a little bit. But no, Jesus can do great things. God made a complete transformation in this man's life. And the Bible said that the man wanted to be with Jesus. He said, God, let me go with you. And Jesus allowed him or suffered him not. And Jesus said, return into thine house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And the Bible said he went his way. See, one of the first things when we give our life to Jesus, we just want to listen to what God wants us to do. God said, go your way. Return to your house. And said he went his way. And it said he published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and reverence to the Lord, oh great... Oh, great God who does great things and brings great results. There's a verse in Jeremiah, and it's very easy to remember. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Lots of threes. And God said, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. One of the keys of God's great things. God is a perfect gentleman, but if we call on him, if we call on this great God, this this God that has great mercy, this God that has a great love in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, wherewith he loved us. The Bible said, if we call, he will answer. God will answer you. God will answer you this morning. God will answer your heart. God will answer a prayer of faith. And he said, and shew thee or show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. You know, our great God, he can do great things. But as Reverend Love preached, there's a faith zone. And brethren, these altars are a place of sacrifice. And if you're just carrying a burden, say, God, I've got a great burden. Well, you know what? There's a great burden bearer. He said, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, and I will give you rest. He said, I am meek and lowly of heart. He said, you'll find rest, but not just for your body. You'll find rest for your souls. There's a great spiritual rest, a great physical rest, a great emotional rest in Jesus. Let's find a place to pray. Let's, let's, let's come to an altar that says, wait a second, God. I need a great God. I need a great change. Lord, I need God to do an amazing work in my life. I've got a circumstance. Brethren, let's not say, oh, great about the circumstance. Let's say, oh, great is the Lord.
and greatly to be praised. I believe that there's a great God that can do a great miracle, that can unlock a great lock, that can shut a great lock, that, that when God opens, no man can shut, and when God shuts, no man can open it. God is the great solver of our problems. He's the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, our trust in Jesus. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. This, these altars are getting full, but brethren, you need something from God. Don't be afraid. Just come out and stand and say, God, I'm coming to bring my need unto you. I believe that God can answer it. I believe that God can make a difference because he's great and great is the Lord. And I'm going to praise him greatly. God can this morning. Lord, we glorify you, God, and give you glory in your word and our heart, God, that you would speak into us, Lord Jesus, that you would give us, Lord, the needs that are manifested in our lives, God. Speak to our hearts, Lord. God bless our sister, Lord, and this morning Jesus we glorify you if you don't know what to pray there's one name Jesus if your mind is in a battle Jesus if you're distracted by things Jesus God let me call on Jesus let me look to Jesus let me believe in Jesus let me put my trust in Jesus and brethren, let me give my heart to Jesus. Let me give Jesus on Monday. Jesus on Tuesday. Jesus on Wednesday. Jesus on Thursday. Let me put God first on Friday and on Saturday. God, have your way today. Jesus, I speak the holy name. Jesus. Sing that chorus again. Jesus. 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 Be greater than all the demons, the distractions, God, all of the devil's works and the devil's lies. The word of God is true. The word of God is exceeding great. God, your promises are greater than the devil's lies. Jesus, we glorify you. Have your way in each heart. Your name is every stronghold shine through the shadows, burn like fire. God, burn up those old thoughts, God. Jesus, 
you put the name of Jesus over your family? Say, so, well, my family member, my family. What about the name of Jesus? That's a great name that's above every name. There's no other name that is high as the name of Jesus in delivering. When you pray the name of Jesus, that's the way to get saved. When you ask in the name of Jesus, that's the way to get filled with the Holy Ghost. By His stripes we are healed. God can heal you through the name of Jesus. It's the greatest name, the greatest asset for you to take with you when you leave is that name, that name above every name, that name that can change you in a great way, and that name that can change the world. Jesus, one more time, Jesus in the mountains. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the streets. Jesus, have your way, God. Jesus on the mountain. God, we'll praise your name. Don't be ashamed to praise the name of God. Because God can be lifted up higher, more great than every battle that you face, more great than every circumstance. He's a great and mighty warrior. His word has power. His word has power over the situation. Jesus. One more time, Jesus on the mountain, God, we glorify Jesus. Jesus on the mountain. Jesus in the street. Jesus in the street. Jesus in the house of God. We should lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus for Orange Park. Jesus for Middleburg. Jesus for Arlington. Jesus for the beaches. Jesus for the west side and for the north side. One last time, Jesus. Jesus. God, you are great. God, you are greatly to be praised. Jesus, you are bigger, God. Answer prayers in a great way, God. God, deliver in a great way. Jesus. One last time. Jesus. 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 We glorify you. God, I pronounce your name over every battle, over every circumstance, over all the lies and over all the disease, God. Healed by the name of Jesus. The holy name. God bless you is our prayer. We're going to be having church tonight at 6. We have Bible study at Tuesday, 7.30. We're going soul winning on Tuesday at 6.30. We've got a new church coming hopefully this month. If you want to help remodel. And we've got service on Thursday. we got new church cards. We're on social media. Brethren, God is moving. He's a great God. Let's not limit God. Let's say, God, you can do what you want. 
You know, God, you can do what you want. Say, well, preacher, I don't know if I can pay my bills. I got big bills. Well, maybe God won't lessen your bills. Maybe God will increase your income. Well, let's just let God be God. Let's God, maybe God will tell you, stop making those bills. And then our bills will go down. But you know what? Let God, let God help us. He's a great God. And you know what? Just like those fractions, you know what, God? Change me so I can be part of the equation. God, change me so I can be part of the equation. Not just the other. Change me. God, if I need to be three-sixths instead of one-half, if I need to be two-sixths instead of a third, God, let me see I need it so that I can be part. Not a part, but part of the work of God. God, we glorify you for all that you have done, those exceeding great and precious promises that are made partakers. We're made partakers of the divine nature, the divine nature of healing, the divine nature of holiness, the divine nature of righteousness, that we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust because of Jesus, because of that one wonderful name. He said, preacher, did your knees ever get healed? Did your knee ever get healed? Did your leg ever get healed? Yes, it did. I'm still jumping. I'm a little bit older, but I'm still jumping because God is still a healer, that he can heal you perfectly, that God still does amazing things. He's a great God. And I'll worship him. What would you do if you weren't healed? I'd still worship him anyway. Because, you know, I'm going to claim my healing and claim my blessing and claim that God is a great God. And he can do great things and bring great results. Amen. God bless you is our prayer. Let's dismiss in prayer. God is faithful to us. Brother, older, uh, not older, wiser, better looking. uh, Brother Patrick. we, We appreciate, we appreciate both the millions. Good to have a sibling serve God with. Amen. Would you dismiss us in prayer? Hey, God bless you is our prayer. God's got your back and your front and your top and your bottom and all around you. God has got you. God has got you. He's a great God. Amen. God bless you, sir. Oh, Lord, your Father, your God of all time. God, have your way. You're the God in the valley. You're the God in the mountain. Amen. Oh, you're the God in the city. Oh, Father, we thank you for this service this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Yes. We thank you, Jesus, for this church that you planted in Jacksonville. Lord, we thank you for the world. I know you said the world without the world, we can't do none. Father, Allowing us to use your word to reach others for you, for your kingdom. Father, protect us as we get ready to separate going home. And bring us back here, Lord, for victory service tonight. And we'll be careful to glorify in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you is our prayer. Miss Jan is feeling congested today, but she brought... A pile of chocolate chip cookies. So she has probably those allergies, and but she wanted to. So you know it's pollen season. You wipe the windows and it's yellow. Okay, but she made a pile of chocolate chip cookies. She wanted to give those and just be a blessing. I have a bunch in my freezer, and maple nut. Oh, maple nut and chocolate chip. Okay, I didn't know that. So if you're on a diet, take some and put them in the freezer. Maybe try to ration them. But you know they're they're available for you. God bless you. Is our prayer. You're dismissed. Thank you.